there. This is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to creative people. And today my guest is a filmmaker. Jesse Moss is the director of the new documentary, Mayor Pete. It's all about Mayor Pete Buttigieg's history-making presidential campaign. Jesse was a fly on the wall for that whole thing. And it's fascinating. The documentary comes to Amazon on November 12th. I got to see it uh, in advance of this interview and I loved it. I was moved to tears. I was it was interesting. I, I got a feel for what it's like to be in that kind of a campaign situation. And it's just great. So, so excited that I got to talk to Jesse about it. Before we get to that, though, I want to get a plug in for You Don't Know My Life. I've been hosting these virtual game nights online. So if you need somebody to connect with, uh, some way to connect with your people on Zoom, whether it's friends or family or coworkers, hit us up at youdon'tknowmylife.com and I will host a game for you. It'll be, it'll be like a game show and it's super fun. And the box games, we just sent a bunch of them to Amazon so you can buy a box game for the holidays at amazon.com. All right, that's it for the plugs. Here without any further ado, it's filmmaker Jesse Moss. Joining me now via Zoom is the filmmaker behind Mayor Pete, Jesse Moss. Good morning. Morning. Where are you in the world right now? I'm in Washington, D.C. We actually just shared the film last night. We had a a screening. uh, How did it go? IRL screening. It was, it was amazing. I mean, I just love sharing the movie in, in a room with people and uh, hearing them laugh and respond emotionally. And uh, it's, it's exciting. I've noticed with things that I do, you never quite know how people are going to react or there's things that they find funny that you're like, I didn't think that was funny. Was there anything that surprised you about a live reaction? Uh, totally true. hundred um, percent. You just don't know until you put it, put it up in front of people, whether they're going to think what you think is funny is actually funny for them. Um, you know, there were more laughs than I even ho- hoped for. I mean, it, everything I think is funny. People laugh. I, I mean, the film is not a comedy, but it, yeah. it, there's a lightness to it. Um, and, uh, I just, I, I love that people connect with that. They've, it's okay to laugh. Yeah. Right? It's not all deadly. There's a lot of serious stuff in the film, but, yeah. um, but there's some funny stuff too. There's a moment of Andrew Yang that made me laugh out loud where he looks so like not nice. Um, <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's great. I love that. That whole scene is funny. And yeah, Yang walks by and then you, I think you hear somebody on Pete's team say, what's up, man. And um, it's just, it's, it's like a funny, it is a funny moment of campaign life. And uh, Corey walks by Cory Booker and then, then Joe Biden shows up. So yeah, kind of funny backstage moment. Um, I, you can see I'm wearing my Pete shirt. He was my guy. I was all about it. And, and I also, I ended up, you know, in the, in the general, in the, um, general election supporting Biden and, and, and really liking him. I loved their interactions in the movie. Like they have a really sweet conversation that made me feel good about both of them. And then the phone call at the end. So I guess talk about Pete and Biden together. Yeah. You know, um, that was a lovely natural interaction between Pete and Joe Biden backstage at the Iowa steak fry. Um, yeah. and that phone call, it, it, you know, there was a really nice scene of, uh, Pete's endorsement of Biden. We filmed it. Um, we ended up having too many endings. It's always a problem with the film too many. You got to cut one ending and you can have like three endings, but not four. Right. And the, the endorsement was really moving. And, and you heard a Biden talk about how much, um, Pete reminded him of his, his, his own sons. And, and that was just felt very hard, heartfelt. I felt very, very true and honest and moving actually. So. 
Well, and there's a moment at the Iowa thing where Pete just says, man, what a good guy. Or he just off the cuff says, acknowledges that, that Biden's a good guy. And, and I was like, oh, that made me feel good. And I, know, I love that they're now working together. Um, what did Pete and Chasten think of the movie? Have, I'm, I'm sure they've seen it. Yeah, I mean, while they're different people and have had different responses, um, uh, Pete, Pete and, I have ha- and I have had a, a, a good conversation about the film. I, I mean, I think one, one thing that he recognized about the movie was that this was my telling of the campaign story and his, his experience at the center of it. Um, I think Pete's a, a writer, a storyteller in his own right. right. And um, will probably tell his version of the campaign story in some form in a memoir, perhaps. And it will be different. Right. There may be more policy in Pete's version sure. than in my, my version. Um, and I think we had to figure it out, too. I mean, what the film is is not what we envisioned it would be. And um, that's something Pete and I talked about, uh, um, just sort of how the film had, was evolving as we were making it. And how, how much of more of the relationship became the heart of the movie than when we started out thinking um, it would be much more political. Yeah, they're very sweet together. And we've known that as, as people observing them, but there's a quietness to it. I like the way Chaston calls him Peter. Yeah. It's very cute. or It's very personal. How did this film come about? Because Pete kind of came out of nowhere. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to go make a documentary. Like, how did that unfold? Because I can't imagine he was somebody you've been thinking about for a few years. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when I think back to how my films start, they're, they're often not rational decision-making processes. And if they were, they would never get started. Right. Um, that's a good, that's a good takeaway for, for any artists listening to this. Um, and in fact, when, when I was approached about this project, I said, no, I didn't want to make it. And I, but I reconsidered because I went away and looked at some of Pete, um, and his initial media appearances. And I was really struck as perhaps you were and many people who were just coming to know Pete, um, what made him unique as a candidate. I didn't know much about his personal story. I think I'd read his uh, wedding announcement story in the New York Times. So that yeah. that, had caught, that caught my attention. Uh, so I knew he had a unique profile and background. He's this young gay mayor uh, in a Rust Belt city. Um, and kind of cut across all these interesting lines. But I certainly didn't think he was a credible candidate. I thought it was not a joke, but certainly a long shot. Right. Beast. But I love, I mean, documentaries about long shots too. I love taking risks with films. I thought there's perhaps a 1% chance or less that he becomes president. But if I could go on this ride with him with the access that seemed to be on the table, it could be an amazing story, will be an amazing story. And so um, we said, let's, let's start filming. Let's see what happens. Um, he had a staff of four at the time that we started. He hadn't officially announced his campaign, but, you know, look, if there's one thing we know, it's the norms of presidential politics of decades ago don't apply anymore. We've had Trump's election, Obama's election to show us that really, you know, anybody, not anybody, but, but, but you, you don't have to be a, like a normative candidate to be successful. And um, why not a 37 year old gay mayor from South Bend? I love it. And who came to you and said, we think there's a story here. Uh, producers that I know I have worked with in the past on previous work um, were also interested in Pete. One of them had gone to Harvard with some other folks who had gone to Harvard with Pete. So there was a kind of a mutual connection that was was helpful as we presented ourselves and our proposal to Pete. And he considered it. There were other suitors. Um, and I think Pete was, 
adopting an unconventional strategy with regard to the media as you have to, I think in 2019, 2020 in presidential politics. And, and, you know, to what extent this film fit in his overall master plan, I don't know, but um, he looked at us, he looked at our work, he looked at me and I think he thought, well, the stakes are probably low. He probably, you know, you know, did he think he was going to go far? I don't know, but probably he did because I don't think you undertake something like this if you don't think you can go all the way, but still, had to have been a calculated risk. And um, you start dating is essentially what you do. Do I like this? It was just me. There's not a big crew. Just me. Right. Um, it's just helped. you. Yeah. Just you with camera sound, everything. Yeah. Wow. Um, what did it feel like when he started taking off? Very exciting. I mean, it, actually, two things collided at the same time is sort of stratospheric rise and then the shooting in South Bend. And, and of course, I mean, that's dramatic as a filmmaker um, for both things to be happening at the same time. I mean, although I thought it was the end of the campaign, uh, I mean, as quickly as it had burst forth, it, it was going to be snuffed out. Um, and so that was a powerful time. And it was about two months after we'd started the project. Um, suddenly, you know, our choices were validated and that he was taking off. He was reporting big fundraising numbers, polling well in Iowa. And it was really hard to keep up with. I mean, that's what happens is the campaign staff grew. His travel schedule was bonkers. And I, I was just chasing after him, trying to kind of get in the door as they promised and into the room and the room where it happens. Right. Yeah. And, and And that was just almost uh, as much a logistical challenge as uh, anything else, a creative challenge. It's like the amazing race. It's like you and Peter on the amazing race and you're running around the country. When you said shooting in South Bend, I first went to shooting a documentary, but what you meant was the police shooting, the um, yeah, that happened. And then there was that town hall yeah. that, that Pete went back for in the middle of his campaign and, and, and talked to the people of his city. It was, it was a, you could feel the tension and, um, the emotion right from the whole place how long was that town hall how long did that event last well the scene is i mean we shot much more of that dialogue i mean it's condensed yeah. in the film but it was a, a very long intense dialogue um i'm an incredibly charged scene and of course you know we now look back at that through the the lens of the black lives matter movement and um George Floyd's death and, and sort of the whole national conversation and reckoning around race that we're having. But, but at the time, and we, of course we had seen other instances of police violence against people of color, but, but that was a, that was an existential threat to Pete's campaign. It was like a worst nightmare scenario. Yeah. And, and I think watching him deal with it um, and emotionally and politically was just a remarkable sequence. Um, and I think makes, I think there's a lot that's resonant about the film and the story and to Pete and who he, who he is and who he will be in the party and in the country. But I think it's important. And, and, and as much as the lack of support amongst the African-American community doomed his campaign, I think in South Carolina, I think sure. it, it speaks to the larger questions of um, race. And again, this conversation we're having, but also as a white candidate in the democratic party, how you're connecting uh, and and delivering for those constituencies, like wh wh what's the future of the party? I think is a question we're asking ourselves. Who will lead the party? Who should lead the party? Yeah. What is Pete's role in that leadership? I think these are really interesting, important questions. And I think that conversation around race and Pete's struggle to figure out how to talk about it, how to own it, um, 
it was really interesting to watch. There's, a, there's some growth you see in him subtly in the film and how he talks about race. Yeah, that certainly comes across. What I liked about the movie is it sort of puts you in the, it makes you feel like you're, you're, you're just a fly on the wall and there's not a lot of context and spelling out of things. You're just sort of meant to observe. And, and one of the things that I found very moving about it was faces of voters that he would encounter. You could feel the country being like, help us. Like also the, the enthusiasm for him, but also like, I find it, I get moved talking about it. You could feel a country in a place of like, uh, uh, of distress, I guess. What did you observe about the faces of the voters when you would go back and look at your footage? That's right. I think that's a good observation. I mean, I think, I think so many people have been traumatized, I mean, by our politics, um, by the divisions in our country, um, the vitriol. Yeah. And, um, we're still wrestling with that, too. I think that's part of the challenge of releasing this film now is that we, 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 we have a kind of collective trauma from the Trump years and um, from our own political dysfunction. And so the way people are thinking about politicians and about the narratives of 2020, how to approach them, I think these are, this is fraught times. Um, I think that, you know, you see in those faces a a hunger for, um, I don't know, call it normalcy, call it a, a lower temperature. And I think that's part of what Pete was offering that people responded to was that he, he, he brought the temperature down. Um, he's obviously, his strength is his calmness. It's articulated in the film this way. I mean, but it's also his weakness too, as a candidate is that he, he's, he need, he, he, he is core strength is that he, he is so composed and so eloquent. Um, but it also can read as a, a lack of emotional, um, connection it's uh, a little spock like i guess at times to some people yeah um, yeah what's the most angry you, you saw him you know Pete rarely expressed his anger in ways that i could read i mean it's that's almost uh, i mean it's i ha- i mean I, look i didn't i saw pete for 90 days over the duration of the campaign and, sure. and then very intense and stressful turbulent moments. I never lo- saw him lose his composure. I, you see his emotional facade sort of um, reserve crack really once, I think, in the film. And it's a powerful moment when Chaston, he's, Pete's found out he's won the Iowa caucus. Chaston says, you know, go out there and, 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 and you need to tell people who are like you growing up and don't feel, don't feel like they belong, that this, there's a place for them. And, and Pete says, I'll think about it. I'll think about that. But then he goes on and does talk about that in his speech and he he loses his composure ever so slightly. And it's like the tiniest glimmer of that um, breaking through. And, uh, but I never saw him yell, you know, in in meetings, he's a great listener. He's not a guy who needs to hear the sound of his own voice as good a talker as Pete is. I mean, he's one of the best on his feet. He's a great talker. It's why he's successful. But he, he, he would listen a lot. And that presents a dramatic challenge for me as a storyteller. Like often documentary subjects are like demonstrative and like boundary crossing and they're outrageous and they do impulsive things and you want them to, you know. But right. um, so as a dramatic protagonist, Pete is tricky. <laughs> I, I can imagine. He gets, you guys get stuck in an elevator and he is totally unflappable. But um, I love I love that scene because but that tells something. Yeah. Well, that's the guy with his finger on the trigger, maybe or the button, right? And that's who you want. You want a guy who's not going to lose his shit. 
yeah. uh, or, or react emotionally. Now, you want somebody to feel, you know, and I think watching Pete sort of wrestle, Pete does feel, and Chastin talks about that, and he's, Pete's, you know, you talked about the faces of the people he meets on the campaign trail, and you're, that's a lot of pain and anguish and, yeah. and, 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 you know, whatever people are feeling, like you're bringing all of that in. And then he says, we're, I'm playing it all back out. And, and how do you manage that process? It's a fascinating kind of emotional, intellectual question. Talk to me about Liz Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, she, what's her role? She's not the campaign manager. What's it's her role? Communications director, I think is her title. She, I was fascinated with her on the trail and reading about her, but then getting to see her in action, she comes in, her energy is the opposite of Pete's, right? She's, um, emotional and, you know, a little profane, a little wild. And they, the way their chemistry is, is, is really interesting. And I think she probably really helped him, right? What's your take on Liz? Yeah, it's a really interesting opposite kind of energy. And I think it's maybe to Pete's credit that he has invited somebody so different to, to be in his inner circle, to challenge him. I mean, he knows that she's that person who's capable of speaking to him that way, blunt, bluntly, honestly, painfully sometimes. Of course, Chastin does too in his own way. And Pete's got also in his close inner orbit, Mike Schmuel, who's a very small character in the film, but I think played in a very important role. He's the campaign manager. And he's like a, he's a bit like Pete. He's just, his energy is like super mellow. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to imagine a campaign manager being mellow, but but Mike was. Um, so Pete, I mean, Liz performs that very crucial function in debate prep, which is almost therapeutic, which is to say, you know, uh, you, you know, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not here. You know, you need to look inside yourself in hard ways. This is not, of course, she gives him all sorts of other useful hot political advice, but it's that kind of therapeutic function that, that Pete thinks you know, he needs to hear and he needs to work on. And I, I find that so interesting to observe. And Liz is, could be a film unto herself. She, she was a bit, um, I mean, she let me stay in the room. I'll say that. I mean, she did kick me off the bus in Iowa. Um, and how, she seems like the person that would kick you off the bus in Iowa. Totally. You just never know where you stand with her. And that's right. kind of her, she's one of those people. Um, yeah. Um, you know, but somebody you probably want in your corner when you when you're engaged in this crazy process. I noticed he had a he had a good number of women on his team, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, he 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 definitely. I mean, the front row of debate prep was was um, all women. Yeah, um, more women than men for sure. They tend to tended to be the louder voices in the room, and um, that that was, I think, a, an inversion of what you would expect. Um, yeah. But I think collection of the team that Pete built around him, which really did express and embody his, his vision of belonging. Um, I mean, to see that the campaign staff in South Bend, the sort of whole Pete team come together and how, how disparate they were and, but shared values. Um, those were powerful. You know, there were some, I'm thinking of a moment that we cut from the film of, uh, Chaston calling a young supporter, uh, who was having trouble with his parents, someone who's, coming out and, and whose parents, I think for religious reasons, didn't accept them. And, and I, it was just very moving to, to see that kind of one-to-one connection. This is Chastin in this case on the phone with this young supporter who was not, you know, an important person in any significant political way, but just that was the power of the message of the campaign and how it spoke to different people and with different backgrounds. And, and I think that that, uh, that I connected, I didn't go into the film as a Pete supporter, you know, and, I, and I, 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 needed to maintain a certain critical distance, but sure. I found it to be very moving. And I think to 
speak to what so many of us want and need and feel, which is like a politics of tolerance and acceptance and not division. Yeah. I, I like it. There's a scene where he's playing dominoes, I think with his mom and Chaston and he wins and you get the feeling that he kind of always wins and he kind of likes to always win. It's very subtle. You don't, nobody says anything about it, but the looks on all their faces is like, he's that guy. Yeah, he is. Pete. I mean, what's interesting about Pete? I mean, it's, of course, he's incredibly bright and very intellectual. Um, but I think that he had to kind of sublimate his intellectualness on the, on the campaign. I mean, it was hard to, you just, you, you can't be too smart, right? Publicly, at least. And, no, and I, you can't. Yeah, I think that's such an interesting line to walk. Um, and, you know, he speaks all these languages. And I, but I think that Pete doesn't present that way, right? He says sort of modesty, humility. Some people think, oh, it's an act, you know, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think um, there was a lot, there's a lot that does happen beneath the surface. And that is hard as a documentary filmmaker and Pete's cog, you know, sort of thought process. And like, I felt like there were layers that were visible to me and the, the, there were layers beneath layers, beneath layers. And, and, you know, Pete was making decisions, but sometimes he wouldn't, those would be made, but not articulated. And, and so these were hard things to track sometimes. Yeah. You didn't do a lot of talking head interviews. You're kind of along for the ride, which I thought was kind of cool. It gives you a feeling of what it's like, right? Yeah. I mean, those were, I did very few of them, but they're very important. And one thing I did was use Chaston in those interviews to ask Pete questions because Pete was so used to talking to journalists that he'd sort of slip into unconsciously probably into like, you know, media speak and and they were totally unrevealing. And, and, and I, I was like sort of throwing up my hands and I was like, well, Chaston, you asked him some questions. And, and that actually resulted in some revelatory, more introspective conversation that, that you do see in the film. I like that Chaston's, he had a sort of knowingness about, I don't know, uh, people. or there, there was a wisdom to the way he moved through the, the film. And I don't know, like, like I think because of his, what he's, he's, seen, he's seen some shit basically. And, and that comes across, he's seen some shit and he's choosing to live a life about these values, but there's something about his, his presence that comes across as, as knowing, like seeing what's going on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chaston is, he's, he's incredibly bright. Um, he's, he's got, you know, tremendous EQ in his own way. And, and he's, you see how quick he is too, when he's making a joke uh, at the end of the film, I love that little sequence, but, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a really effective politician in his own right. You know, I think you, he found his own voice, I think. And of course he didn't have Pete's intellectual pedigree and wasn't a Rhodes scholar and doesn't speak eight languages, but, but he actually is very gifted, um, as a communicator, uh, he's a very compassionate person. He's really smart. Um, and, and sort of where his politics come from. And of course he came out a m- much younger age and sort of put up, as Pete says in the film, put up a lot more shit than he did basically. Yeah. And how they, they sort of wear those differences and, and negotiate those different differences in, the, in their relationship and sort of their outward facing identities. Uh, it was just a, an interesting aspect to the, for me, the, the film and this, part of what we were watching here is how they negotiate with the private and the public selves and, and their roles as these history making out gay men on this presidential campaign. 
Um, I thought it was very interesting, the scenes around the Victory Fund speech. And I remember that speech where Pete said, if I could take a pill, there was a time when if I could take a pill, I wouldn't be gay. And like, he really said things that a lot of us have thought, but they're a little dark. And I remember at the time being so moved by it and thinking he, he didn't have to go there, but he chose to. And it was Chasson that was a little bit like, mm, that's a little dark. Like, what was your observation of that exchange in that moment? No, I think that's exactly right. It's it's a kind of inversion of your expectations that, that Pete, the sort of more reserved um, of the two, is actually sharing very painful feelings. Um, right. To- to a big audience. And I don't He's not playing it safe with that speech, not playing it safe. And I, and I think that it was, he, you know, must've been something he thought long and hard about how to do and when to do it. And, um, and I remember filming this, the conversation with Chastin afterwards. And first of all, thinking this is very early in my, my own process, making the film, I thought, wow, there, these two people are letting me into the room to watch this conversation. Yeah. You know, is their relationship getting worked out? Um, in the most intimate way. And I thought this, if, if this is the kind of access I have, this could be an extraordinary film. Um, so that kept me going. Um, and I thought, also, I thought this is unsettled. These, these are issues that, that are not resolved. I mean, that, that are being worked out kind of both in their relationship intimately, but also on this big stage. Um, and th- that felt significant to me. Um, so, um, yeah, and I, I think that it, it you know, where that, that scene comes in the film was something we really had to think very long and carefully about. Um, and I don't, I don't know, I don't need to maybe talk a lot about that, but that structurally, it's such a powerful scene. And what it means for Pete and what it means in the story that we're telling were just things we had to be very intentional about. Um, and so um, we did... Um, we, we had a version of the film where it came much earlier and, you know, as an intro, because in, in some sort of conventional way, you think, well, that's, that's the way I'm going to learn about who Pete is, where he came from, what his story is. But it, it, it was in a way it came too early. Yeah. And so it's, it's, you, you know, it's um, comes more like 40 minutes into the film now, I think. Yeah. And it, it, it just, um, I think what it does and what it leads into is, the section in Iowa, Iowa, where he articulates like the, really the, the, the deep message of the campaign of belonging and, and, and how that, then you understand where that's rooted in him personally. He's, he's talked around that in the film prior to that, but it's really, I think it helps to land the significance of the Iowa campaign sequence for that reason. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it was powerful. And you, it is the thing you have to earn it. Like it, I've had things like that where I've had big moments and pieces I'm working on and it's like, no, you need it to come later. You have to earn that moment or you have to get the audience to the right place for that. Um, how sick of the song High Hopes did you get? Or were you okay I, I, with I that? Know the, I know a friend, friend of mine wrote that song. Um, so I feel a kind of um, conflicted feelings about it, which is that, that I can't stand it. And, um, and, and, and that I love, I love my friend, my friend, Sam Hollander, who, who made probably millions of dollars off of it. So I'm happy for him. Um, it but was it's fun. The perfect song. I was like, when it first started playing, I was like, this song is perfect. And I'm like, oh gosh, there's that song again. <laughs> great. I shot a scene where the campaign staff was uh, singing it in the car on their way to the official 
announcement that Pete was going to be running for president. And uh, I liked that scene because it showed a kind of youthful enthusiasm, but um, it didn't survive the edit process. I was watching a scene, you know, where there's the big mess in Iowa with the counting and all of that. And he, he wins, but he doesn't get to the winning moment. Do you think it would have made a difference? How big a difference it would have made in his, yeah. his campaign and, and his chances? Well, I think David, David Axelrod, who would probably know best, says that he, what he, he didn't get what he needed, which was escape velocity. Yeah. He that Iowa bump. And, you know, whether that is the decisive factor, whether it was more kind of entrenched lack of African-American support in South Carolina, that was going to doom him anyway. Hard to say, right? Um, but, but no question that that whole Iowa fiasco kind of fucked him. Right. And, but I like the kind of double beat, which is the moment in New Hampshire when he does find out that he's actually kind of technically the winner and, and Chaston is, um, comes and talks to him bef- bef- as he's writing his speech. And he, and he says, are you going to, you know, are you going to, are you going to call out to the, you know, pe- that, that young man who was you, you know, when he was 17 and didn't feel like he kind of quite fit. Yeah. You know, use this opportunity that you have now on the stage as the w- winner of the Iowa caucus. And Pete's like, I don't know. And, and then he does. And I, I, I love that sequence. And, and yeah. he becomes emotional as he gives that speech for the first time in the film. Well, also the moment where they tell him he's officially won that. And he's like, oh, cool. Like, he, he, it, it's, it's like, <laughs> you <laughs> well, want that... him to like kick a garbage can and with joy or something. But, um, but yeah. the, it's, it's compelling in its own way that in, 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 in illuminating the character, which is cool. How disappointed was it when he didn't go the distance, you know, when he, when he had to drop out? Because there's a part of you that's like, you were always a long shot. But I think when you're on that journey, you have to believe and you have to, I think it has to be crushing on some level, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you undertake this unless you believe you can win. Uh, I think it's too hard. It's too, too audacious a leap to make, um, in, you know, and I, I mean, look, we've all engaged in our own fantasies that we believe could be realities. You know, I, I, there was a day where I thought I might win the Oscar. You know, you sort of have to allow yourself to believe it might be possible. Right. In order to, to sort of put up with the, the, the hard work of it. You know? Yeah. And that's and, part of the fun. You, yeah. And and um, so I think that that, um, you know, for me, I mean, we, as the filmmaker, um I mean, the, the free fall was intense and I'm glad it was, it was, you know, it wasn't drawn out. His withdrawal. It, was, it was like a few days. It was like, boom. And then here he is giving the endorsement. Like it was quick. It was, yeah. May, maybe 48 hours. And, and, um, and I, I sort of love that sequence. Um, uh, you know, and I think for, for, for Pete, you know, he, it was a well-timed exit and I think that he handled it gracefully and I like how he artic- articulates it. You know, he, he says, your choices, you can either win or get out. And, and he gets out and good for him. And, um, and actually the Biden endorsement was really a moving scene, but we, we cut it because it, it was ultimately kind of too many endings in the film. More important was to, to show the appointment to the cabinet and to go to DC and see them together starting their new life. That felt like the right ending, not the endorsement of Biden. Yeah. Speaking of the new life, have you seen the kids or uh, no. were they at the screening and a little cute yeah. little uh, yeah. carriage or anything? No. No, no, I, 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 I haven't yet. Yeah. So um, I mean, I, I mean, I can remember being a parent of newborns and um, there's not much bandwidth for anything else. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, the well, other thing you've filmed captures is how exhausting it is. 
to be on a campaign. There's lots of shots of people yawning. And sometimes when Pete and Chasten will be in an interview, you can just tell it's just exhausting. Um, was that, a, I'm sure you anticipated that, but was that something you're like, wow. I mean, I think you see Pete, Pete's like deep fatigue kind of, um, I mean, the stamina, I, I, you know, I did, I did 90 days of production on, in a, in a calendar year and he, he did every day. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I can't understand how you do that. And I don't, I don't understand how you'd go from that to then being the nominee and putting up with another, you know, essentially year of, of campaigning. But, um, you know, he's a young man, he's strong. And, um, I, you know, I mean, I think that's part of his extraordinary ability too, was just to sort of maintain composure. We talked about, he doesn't lose his shit. He never got angry. And, and it's just like maintaining delivering at that high level with that, at that intensity is like a superhuman skill. I know. And I wish he could go on Fox news every day. Cause he does such a good job. My final question, what did working on this film mean to you? What did you, what did you sort of take away from it? I think I'm still unpacking that. Um, I sort of, you sort of live it. And, and there's a lot, we've talked about what's happening in our country and you know, what this film story means um now the audience will come to it and sort of derive their own meanings from it um i mean i <clears throat> i make work because i i want to answer questions for myself or engage with what's happening in the outside world i love to be in the world making work and um access that takes me into rooms and places that you know i want to be in um because i'm curious and uh, it meant a lot to me to be able to do that with pete and he's someone i really respect and admire and chasten too and i'm grateful that they let me into their lives um and i love that there's a love story at the center of this st political story um uh that means a lot to me and i like the values of this uh, uh of this film hopefully what it's about what it puts forward that uh, um what it represents um and I don't know any more meaning than that. I haven't quite figured out yet. I think that's pretty good though. I like it. It's all okay. about the pinkies at the diner when they touch pinkies at the diner. I, you know, I shot that scene, that moment and I, and I, I love it. You know, there's some elemental simplicity about that. Yeah. You know, no dialogue, no dialogue either. Congrats on the movie. I hope everybody watches it and I look forward to seeing whatever it is you do next. Cool. Thank you very much. Good all to right. Fun okay. talking to you. Take, Take care. care. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Jesse Moss. Check out his documentary, Mayor Pete. It hits Amazon on November 12th. All right, so this happened. Nothing much happened since the last podcast, but I did get my booster shot for COVID. I got Moderna to go with my J&J, &J, and um, it kind of knocked my, on my ass for a couple of days. I, I had some, I had a moment. It wasn't cute, but it was fine. But it was not uh, nothing. So during that time, though, I was unable to really focus on my work. So I watched Dope Sick on Hulu, and I'm so into this show. I think it's so good. Um, Michael Keaton's in it, and it's about the opioid crisis. Caitlin Deaver's amazing. Everyone's good. And it became like my escapism. So I can't wait for the new episode. So <laughs> it'll tell you how bad the news of the world is when your escapist show is, is a harrowing drama about the opioid crisis. That's my escape valve. That will, because I'd rather watch that than hear about Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema and uh, the race and wherever that was a disaster and all that stuff. So, yay, the feel good show of the year is definitely dope sick. That's my point. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. <laughs>